Welcome to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Your host, Jesse Jameson, has a real treat for you. You are about to hear a great story. And if Jesse brings his A-game, some good commentary too. And later on, we'll let you know how you can join Jesse as a guest. Now, without further ado, here's Jesse. Welcome to another episode of Jesse Jameson and Friends. Today's friend is Jen from Manatee County. And the name of Jen's story is Singing Jingle Bells with a Famous Actress in Shanghai. Jen, Jingle Bells and Jingle Bell Rock are some of my favorite Christmas songs. And uh, I'll be honest, Shanghai is in China, I believe. I'll let yes. You, yeah. And I, I, I didn't even know that people in China really gave two hoots about Jesus or the idea behind Christmas or not. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's All not right. a Christmas song there. Right. So, so. <laughs> Well, well, welcome to the welcome to the show. The floor is yours. Oh well, thank you. All right, so Jingle Bells um, in China is not what it is here, and it's it's kind of a long winding story as to how I came to be singing Jingle Bells with a famous actress in Shanghai. I have to qualify this by saying I honestly don't know what this woman's name is. <laughs> um, Shanghai is the center of the film industry or was the center of the film industry in China um, before they opened up their borders at all. And they opened up their borders in the mid 1980s. So this woman was famous within China um, as an actress within China, but their films are not available outside of China still. Like if you tried to find the movie I'm gonna talk about, you're not gonna be able to find it because it's not distributed outside of China. Um, so let's talk first about China. <laughs> I went on a summer language immersion program the year after China opened up. Okay, so you have a strategy when you're there. I'm going to learn Chinese or Mandarin even quicker because I'm going to be submerged in the culture. Exactly. I went with um, uh, a college. It was a two-month program. And they put me in at the last minute. I get on a plane. I haven't met anybody. I haven't been oriented to anything. I'm just on a plane with a bunch of people going to China. We land in Shanghai. We head to Wadong Shifan Dashui, which is East China Normal University, which is a teacher's university. Say, on that, the say that three times fast. I can't even repeat what you just said. What was the name of that school one more time? Wadong Shifan Dashui. Of course. <laughs> So it's East China Normal, Normal being a teacher's university. It's where teachers go to get educated. And uh, we have language programs in the morning. And in the afternoon, we either have free time to wander around Shanghai, or they take us on trips to like Beijing, or we go on our own to Xi'an and see all the sites. So I'm there. Um, I, now, you know, Jen, Jen, can I ask you one question sure. real quick? I apologize. I interrupt all the time. No, so you have, you have interrupt to all you it. want because yeah. there's a lot so, of crazy elements to the story. Is this one Is this one of these places where you being an American citizen, are, are they constantly like urging you not to bring out your camera in certain areas? No, no, that never, that actually never happened. We were, we were trailed by a CIA agent though, almost the entire time. <laughs> That, that, that must was, that that must be really unique because it makes you feel like you're one step away from doing something wrong that could be no you know. okay so China at the time I'm there like they had just opened up they like we were some of the first people that had gone first Westerners in China um, if you don't count the Russians and they had just kicked the Russians out so everywhere we went 
you know, you're talking about billions of people who had never seen really white people before, right? Western people. So everywhere we went, little kids would come up and yell, that pizza, that pizza, large nose, large nose, because <laughs> they hadn't seen. And it wasn't, it wasn't racist as much as just curiosity. So if we stopped on a corner to look at a map to figure out where we're going, because this is well before cell phones. There's no GPS, right? You're, you're looking at maps trying to decipher the Chinese on them. We would have a crowd of hundreds of people surrounding us trying to see what these crazy white people who they had never seen before because China just didn't have white people in it um, were doing. Right. This happened. We would we got to the point it was constant and we would just stop and stare at things just to create a crowd because, you know, you you get in a situation like that and you start to play with it because we were young and stupid. I think I would have done that, too, because in a weird way, it makes you feel important, doesn't it? Everywhere you go, there's a ring of, of, of Chinese around you. I, I think that would be kind of cool. It's, it was more kind of annoying because other things would happen. So the, the Chinese wanted us there culturally to learn Chinese and to do a cultural exchange, but they also didn't want us to corrupt Chinese people, right? So we, they, had, they instituted a two-currency system. There was the, the renminbi, which is the local currency, and then they had the foreigner's version of that currency, which of course created a black market for the foreigners currency <laughs> because there were only certain shops that we could shop in as foreigners. They were called friendship stores because it's China. <laughs> um, and that oh, was- it's, it, I assume it's totally different now, right? Now, I'm sure it's different right. now. I haven't been there in what, 35 years, right? So this, was, this is what China was like in mid 1980s right? Right after they opened. So, there so, were two so let me, let me, let me get this straight then. So after full submersion, you said, I'm out of here. I don't want to come back. Oh no, I'd love to go back to China. I had a great time in China. Right. <laughs> I had a great time in China. I actually went to college in Hawaii um, and continued my Chinese studies. Very cool. Right. Uh, so there's two currencies. We can only use it at one store. Um, but everybody else takes it because this foreign currency is very valuable because it allows you to shop at this particular store. Um, but we couldn't buy things like noodles because noodles are wheat and we had to have wheat currency for that. So we would have to change. We, and this, this usually worked really well unless there was a rumor that they were going to do away with the foreigner's currency and then the foreigner's currency would be worthless. <laughs> And that happened to me one time in a restaurant, like we were eating and suddenly the, the restaurateur would not take our money and we had to walk outside and change our currency with some nice person <laughs> so that we could pay for the meal we had just had, which was a roasted chicken. And when I say roasted chicken, I mean, it was a chicken with the head and everything and they had just cooked it and chopped it up into pieces and gave it to us. Now that's because there is a preference for extremely fresh food there. Yeah. Correct? Okay. Yeah. The food was amazing. The food was amazing. Was the money situation irritable because I'm the type yes. that I would really enjoy where I'm at and I would try to understand the local customs, but there comes a point where you say, geez, Louise, why did they even invite students here, period, if they're going to make it this difficult? And, and Well, I mean, we were on the first wave, right? So the Chinese wanted us there, but they also didn't want normal people interacting with us. They wanted to control the experience we had. And that was understood. It was part of part of the experience. And like I said, 
um, we were pretty sure that there was a, an American CIA agent following us around the whole time. <laughs> I mean, he oh, was, oh, he was when, really when you, nice guy. Jen, when you said CIA earlier, I assumed you were talking about maybe the Chinese equivalent. There no, was actually no, an like American, an American making, yeah, we sure, making sure around. you don't get in trouble. We're not really sure what he was doing. Like he told us he was a businessman, but he was never, he never seemed to be doing business. So it was summer, Shanghai, in China, there's four ovens of China, four places that get really, really, really hot during the summer. Shanghai is one of them. It's hot and humid in Shanghai in the summer, really hot and humid. This is going to come important later when we talk about how I ended up seeing <laughs> singing Jingle Bells with an actress. But um, so there was only one swimming pool we were allowed to use as foreigners. And this guy was always there, always at this pool. Um, and when we would go to like Xi'an on a school trip, we'd see him in Xi'an <laughs> wandering around near where our group was. If we went to Beijing, he was in Beijing near where our group was. So we decided he, we don't know for sure if he was CIA, but we're pretty sure he was CIA. Interesting. Yeah. So, so, so you, you, so you're getting used to the place. Are, are yeah. you, are you one of a handful of Americans or who's all with you? If you can give us an idea. Sure. So I was with a, a group from a particular university, but there were other groups that were there um, in our school, also learning Mandarin. And we were split up into newbies and moderate and um, advanced Chinese speakers. One of the weirdest groups that was with us. So we were all in the same group, but my college had about 12 people. And then there were like 12 people from a missionary group that were learning Chinese to teach, to, to be able to proselytize to the Chinese. Um, and I think there was one other little group of people that were in our, in our little collective um, group. We actually took one of the missionaries one time to the zoo. Because he, the missionary people, they would go to class in the morning and they would hang out together in the school in the afternoon and never go outside the school boundaries, right? And we were always leaving. Like our our cafeteria would would serve us, and I kid you not, fried chicken bones, no meat on the bones, just a fried chicken bone. That's <laughs> that's, that's something else. Oh, you know it was horrible. I mean, the food at our cafeteria was crazy bad until we got to our, our graduation and our teachers joined us and they put out this sumptuous, I mean, we're talking mounds, plates of food that were just so beautifully presented. And we were like, you were selling us fried chicken bones. <laughs> Is it even possible to nibble on a fried chicken bone to the point well, where you yeah, get some you sort eat of the breading? Oh, so okay. we, we used to leave campus for lunch all the time to go and eat um, cold peanut noodles down the street. There was a Bautza guy. Bautza is a little, a little dough dumpling with meat in them. And they can become, they can come steam or fried. And there was a fried Bautza guy um, that I used to like. So we used to leave. We rarely ate at our cafeteria. So the missionary goes with you to the zoo, which makes. He got in trouble. Okay. He got in trouble. We took him to the zoo. Let, let me let me guess how he got in trouble. Because I'm a Christian, so my heart says the panda deserves to hear the good the good news. Was he trying to convert no. the panda? No. no, we just talked him into going with us because he hadn't seen Shanghai. Right, right. Right. He had not left the school grounds. So how did he get in trouble then? Because he went outside the school grounds with people who weren't in his missionary group. Oh well, okay. Right. We took him to the zoo. 
it's not like we took him to one of our favorite bars. <laughs> you know? We didn't get him drunk. Right. <laughs> we took him to the zoo and he got in trouble. Yeah. That they, those people were a little. So when you say he got in trouble, did he get in trouble from the missionary school itself? Yeah. The or... missionaries got oh, okay. were mad at okay. him. I got you. Yeah. We didn't hang out too much with them because they were really weird. We mostly hung out with our own group. And then also with, there was a lot of African men that were studying to become doctors there. So we would hang out. The the Africans had the best parties. I'm not going to lie. They had the best parties. Now, when you say they're studying to be a doctor there, are they studying Eastern traditional medicine or are they still? No, just Western medicine. Yeah. Okay. So at this point, there are some Western hospitals in China. Okay. Got you. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was doing. I was in Shanghai, um, hanging out, learning Mandarin, um, spending my nights at the Peace Hotel, um, where I got addicted to Coca-Cola floats, um, and just enjoying the experience of being in China as a teenager with my friends, um, and all the weird things we did to make to have fun with the fact that we weren't allowed to do anything. <laughs> what, what college, what college were you a part of? Um, it wasn't my college. It was actually one out East. And I had seen um, a flyer at my, I went to El Camino community college in Los Angeles and I saw a flyer for this China trip and it was like $3,000, um, which dates me. Right. <laughs> Um, and my, my dad paid a thousand, I paid a thousand, my mom paid a thousand and off I went. So the reason I asked that is because even in California, you have pockets of areas that are pretty well populated, but I would, I would imagine nothing compares to seeing the sheer number of people that are in these Chinese marketplaces. Am am I right? Aren't there just endless amounts of people? There's endless amounts of people. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's a never ending. It's not, it's, it's honestly not that bad. It might be worse now. Um, I think there's more people in Shanghai than there were, but Shanghai, it's a city. It works like, and if you've been to New York, you know what the population density is like in Shanghai. So it's it's not, it wasn't that bad. What would happen is we would stop to figure out where we were and we'd be surrounded and have to kind of (laughs) push our way out. Um, and then the other thing that would happen that was crazy that I had never experienced before, um, because it was summer in Shanghai, which is a coastal city, um, periodically we would get thunderstorms and it would be, it was, that was crazy. Like we'd be walking down the street, the sky would get dark, everyone around us would flee. <laughs> and then the next thing we know, torrential rain and lightning. Like I've actually seen lightning hit the ground in front of me, steps away from where I am. Very interesting. That so was you, terrifying. So, so we learned if you if the sky went dark, it meant you had about a minute and a half before the lightning started, and you had to run to cover. You want to hear something super interesting? I just looked up the the definition of the word Jennifer. You know your name. In Hebrew, Jennifer means one with a big nose. So maybe they were calling you by your first name. There you go. And you thought they were calling all white people big nose. No, they, they, they absolutely, it was the term they used for the Russians. So they were basically thought we were Russian. Oh, got you. Got you. <laughs> if, there's, if there's one language that I think English sounds prettier than, it's probably Russian. 
Yeah, I'm not familiar enough. Right. <laughs> there weren't any Russians in China when I was there because they kicked them out. So. Now, now let, let me let me know this because now they're kind of allies, or at least I I feel yeah. like they are. Uh, why 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 were they kicked out then? Was there a reason? Same reason because China. So the name for China in China is center country. It's the image is literally a box with a line that goes through the center of it. And um, China, if they get a whiff that someone's trying to dominate them, they say no. Oh, got you. And they will this, always and it, say no. And at this point, it sounded like the Russians were getting a little too comfy in their centered land. I got you. Right. Yeah. So, Jennifer, we have uh, about a minute here before break. Uh, I noticed behind you there's a picture of it looks like the Florida Everglades. Uh, have you ever have you ever been to Florida and or I live that, in Florida, right? And, and and oh yeah, Manatee <laughs> County. Have you ever had an alligator chase you? And you know you're supposed to run zigzag to get away from them, right? Uh, yes, I do, and no, I have not. Okay, good, good, good. So we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Jen to hear a little bit more about how Jingle Bells is different in China than it is here in the states. We'll be right back. Would you like to host your own radio show? Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. When it comes to financial planning, most of us would probably rather have a root canal. Math, budgets, keeping ourselves and our loved ones secure after retirement, planning for retirement, risk, reward, and the like. How do you find the answers you need? Tune into Fiscal Fitness with John Grace and co-host Daniel Medina. They'll help you feel more secure in your investments and your future. Listen every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear, and listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you tired of feeling disconnected and shut down? Since every choice has ripple effects, lasting happiness is a product of the choices we make each day. Tune in to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmsted introduced you to authors, musicians, artists, and innovators, all actively engaged in designing a world that works for everyone. Make sure you're along for the ride, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. for tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? 
It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. And now, back to Jesse Jameson and friends. And we're back. Jen, so tell me this. When I think of China now, I think of, uh, I believe it was the Olympics a couple years back. where they, Oh, yeah, that was terrifying. Where the, well, <laughs> where they were, con- they were constantly showing the, uh, the, the filth of the air and how they found a way to magically kind of clear it up. When you were there, was the pollution as bad as maybe it is now or was it a little no. underdeveloped? Okay. It was, it, the pollution was different, right? Um, there, we, near our university and flowing into this, uh, so there's a little stream that flows out of Suzhou into Shanghai and then into into the Yangtze. So it kind of makes its way through Shanghai into the Yangtze. It goes into the Huangpo into the Yangtze, if that makes sense, which it doesn't to anybody but people who have been to Shanghai. Um, we used to joke that that little stream, if you put your finger in it, it would probably disintegrate your finger because it was so filthy. Um, and when we went to Suzhou, it was it was disgusting. Now, most of the the air pollution was, you know, smoke from people cooking. Right. It, I, don't, I don't think people understand how much a wood fire multiplied by billions of people impacts the air. Um, but overall, it wasn't, you know, sanitation was fine. We felt we felt fine. There was a big push for people to not spit on the sidewalk. I remember that. Um, but at the same time, there'd be kids with the, the holes in their pants just taking a dump right on the sidewalk. So, Oh, Jen, thank you for that visual. So I was going to ask you, it, it, when, I, when I think of Asian culture, um, a lot of Asian cultures, it seems like there's constantly people smoking cigarettes. Was smoking sure. cigarettes pretty big over there as uh, well? I don't remember that in particular. I, I don't like the smell of cigarettes, so I would have been really annoyed if people were, but I don't remember that being an issue. It was just general third world. You know, you have to remember China had just opened up. If you go to Shanghai today, it is a modern city. When I was there, it was it was not modern like it is now. So when you see when you see a little boy take his pants down and crouch down, he didn't take his pants down. The pants are open. Okay, but they go to the bathroom right in front of you while they're calling you big nose. Is it a little bit awkward? What, what's that like? You just kind of step around and keep going. I mean, you're in you're a guest in someone's country, right? And it's it's a semi rural area that you're in. Um, I know Shanghai seems like a big city, but we were on the outskirts of Shanghai, so we weren't in the center of the city. We weren't in old Shanghai. We were kind of semi rural. Okay, so let me ask you this: If I'm ever dating a Chinese woman and she comes over to my house, can I make her feel more at home if I just kind of take a crap in front of her or should I? No, of course not. Okay, all right, all (laughs) right. Of course not. These are little kids, right? Oh, okay, so the adults- Kids being potty trained, right? Not adults, adults would never do something like that. Okay, all right. So, so you're in China. There obviously is some cultural differences. Was there, were there any, were there any foods you tried that just made you grossed out? Um, not really. Like one time our, our male guy, um, took me and one of our teachers out and, um, we were fed something and it looked like a noodle, but I was very sure it wasn't a noodle, um, because it was made of fat. And so, but it was delicious. It was absolutely delicious. (laughs) The, The brown sauce on this thing was delicious. And when I asked, he told me it's cow veins. Oh, okay. Got you. And it was delicious. So no, nothing grossed me out. Everything was delicious. The food was amazing. 
Okay. So, so take your story forward. You, uh, you said during the commercial break that you did have one instance where you were on a train and a military guy came up to you because I guess you were taking some pictures. I was trying to take some photos. That's the only time we ever encountered the Chinese government. Okay. So was it, was he nice in saying? Put oh yeah, he was away? perfectly nice. And you know, I was taking a photograph of a train station and that was apparently not okay. And he told me it wasn't okay. And that was the end of it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't big. There were other things that happened that were not optional. And that involves how I ended up acting in so many weird things while I was there. Um, but that was not itself weird, but we used to, because we were foreigners and because this was, we were used in propaganda films. <laughs> I'm, I'm in prop. I'm in Chinese propaganda films. <laughs> that's 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 kind of cool. I believe it's kind of cool. I believe they call them white monkey films. If you're, I know, I know that sounds goofy, but I watched yeah. some. I watched some YouTubers that talk about Chinese culture, and apparently, they they really like when like uh, American citizens kind of pump up their culture through these propaganda films. And oh stuff. yeah, no, we and those were not optional. They would come to our school and tell us that we needed to go to the field and they would give us handheld streamers and tell us to run across this field and pretend we're happy and they would film us <laughs> and it was not optional right. you had to do it this is not there were things we did that were optional in terms of filming but everywhere we went um we were always being like i walked into the friendship store one time and was asked to be in a commercial for the friendship store um, we got called one time to be in an underwear commercial, which isn't as weird as it sounds. It, it's, it was really weird. We were taken. This is going to sound so crazy. <laughs> right? We were taken to a hotel, the Peace Hotel in particular, um, which is on the Bund, which is on the waterfront, uh, the river. And we met with the owner of Red Rooster Underwear and we were filmed holding up the underwear, talking about how magnificent this man's underwear <laughs> <laughs> And I came away with, you know, for, for that, I got some Red Rooster, uh, fresh in the packages, Red Rooster underwear. Jen, that might be a good reason why the missionary guy is not supposed to be hanging out with you guys. <laughs> Right? The missionary guy could get excommunicated for something like that. And that's the funniest thing. When I tell people this story, I'm thinking, what was I thinking? We went to a, a, we went to a hotel with strangers to go film an underwear commercial. That's crazy. But at the same time, it, it's something you can talk about. It wasn't crazy at the right. time. And right? you, could talk, you could talk about it for the rest of your life, too. It's actually a cool thing. Yeah, exactly. So, so it was what, what month was what, what month was this? We were there in uh, June and July. Okay, so that's another interesting thing. Like you were telling me, Jingle Bells in Shanghai is not the equivalent of Jingle Bells in the United States no. or in the United Kingdom or Canada, right? Right. So number one, I don't think I've ever sung Jingle Bells during the summer months. Right. I had not either. So we're in Shanghai everywhere we go. Like we got to see the Shanghai Circus in. Shanghai. And one of the acts, one of the aerial acts, they were as awesome as you, you hear. They are really good. <laughs> no question about it. Um, but one of the acts was done to Jingle Bells. And we're all sitting there going, why would you use Jingle Bells in a circus act? Right? Because to us, it's a Christmas song. Right. It's, you know, but they were doing it. And this happened over and over. We'd be places and we'd hear Jingle Bells. So 
right on the river in central downtown Shanghai, when you get to the river and the, the German area of Shanghai, um, there's a hotel called the Peace Hotel. And they had just restarted their big band. All right. So the big band had just been, been disbanded um, when the Cultural Revolution occurred. And then it came back around the time that China was reopening. So all the guys, all these guys that had played in the big band in the 40s were now playing in the big band in the 80s when we were there. So we would go to the Peace Hotel to listen to this band and, you know, drink sodas because they didn't sell alcohol there. Um, and they would play a jazz version of Jingle Bells. And it, it was, we always wondered about it. And one time I was walking around and this guy came up to me, he wanted to practice his English. And so we went and got ice cream and we chatted in English. And I asked him, what is up <laughs> with Jingle Bells? Like, why are we hearing it everywhere? And he goes, oh, this is the one Western song every Chinese person knows. Like, we love this song, but it's the only Western song they knew because they were close. They, they didn't have access to the West at all. Out of this all, was it. Out of all the Christmas songs, Jingle Bells doesn't necessarily bring up Santa and nope. it doesn't it doesn't necessarily bring up Jesus nope. or any type of religion. Right. right. It's just about a sleigh and bells and oh, exactly. what fun. So I could see how that one could be the one where they would you know, easily accepted, I guess. It and it was the way it was described to me by this guy that I met in downtown while buying ice cream um, is that it's like, they did not have access to Western culture. They didn't have access to our music. They didn't, they didn't know anything about us. That's why everywhere we went, we were swarmed is they didn't know anything about us and they were curious, but they knew Jingle Bells and, and they loved Jingle Bells and they put Jingle Bells in everything to show how worldly they were. Ah. I, I look at that and I say that's people trying their best with, you know, what they're allowed to do. You know, exactly. What I mean? That's yeah. exactly what that was. And it was everywhere. And then I had my answer. Like Jingle Bells, they all know Jingle Bells. So take take us from that point on now. So now you've been given the answer to that. What happens for the rest of your trip, you know, from this point forward? Right. So we're, we're go doing our thing and, you know, still learning Mandarin and still taking these little trips and still meandering about Shanghai and, and sightseeing <clears throat> and periodically being asked to be in movies and commercials. And at some point, the producers come and recruit women out of our group uh, to be in a movie about the Song Sisters. And for those of you who are not familiar with China or Chinese history, the Song, the Song Sisters are hugely important. And I mean, hugely important. These, these women were educated in the US and Massachusetts um, and they all went on to marry important people in China. And we're talking about important people in uh, the Taiwanese, the establishment of Taiwan and the establishment of mainland communist China, right? These women, these three women, hugely, hugely important. There's been a lot of different movies made about them. And so we were asked to be in this Song Sister movie, um, which was starring one of the most famous actresses in all of China. It was being filmed in Shanghai because Shanghai is the home of the film industry. And we are supposed to pretend that we are 
in the women's college in Massachusetts. I forget the name of it, but it's a famous women's college in Massachusetts and that it's winter. So it's Shanghai. It's July. Hot as heck. It is hot as it's, it's an oven. It is an oven, a humid oven. And we are asked to pretend like we're co-eds in winter in Massachusetts. Wait, does that include wearing thick furniture? Oh my gosh. We were wearing furs. <laughs> Just complete furs. It was it was the most miserable shoot ever, but it didn't last that long. It was just like five or six scenes where the 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 actresses would be walking past us and we would be in the background. We were extras in this movie because they needed white people <laughs> to do that scene. Right. Right. Um, and we were, you know, white people, white women that could do it. So. So you're sweating buckets. Oh, yeah, it was miserable. You're miserable. miserable. But at the same time, you got to kind of smile and grin and bear it because otherwise, you know, you look kind of like a foreigner that's being rude. Right. Right. Well, you know, and you're acting. You've been asked to perform in a movie. I mean, actors and actresses do this all the time. Right. So, I mean, you just you do what you've been asked to do and. Um, they pay you however they pay you. Now, in our case, um, they invited us to the rap party. And okay, that so, was so you got so you got so you got some hip hoppers there. They're 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 doing rap. No, <laughs> no, it's the rap of the filming. Oh, okay, got you. And that meant we got taken to a restaurant that we didn't even know existed. Right, <laughs> this was so far off the realm of what a foreigner could do or go to or spend money at, um, at the time. And, um, it's kind of at that, that party that we were invited to for this movie where the incident of singing Jingle Bells occurred. So. So tell us how Jingle Bells goes. Cause you're singing with a college student from America or it's somebody that attended college in Massachusetts, right? No, no, Was I'm, her- I'm, I'm, it, it's the actress playing that starred in this movie okay was her english for jingle bells pretty good or was it pretty atrocious oh no she knew jingle bells okay (laughs) she absolutely knew jingle bells so here's what's but the party the party like i have to explain the party before you can get to the jingle bells part okay right the jingle bells is the highlight of it the party itself is crazy so you know as this is this is the film industry these are stars within china this is a big budget party. We are at the most expensive exclusive restaurant in Shanghai that we could not have gone to in our wildest dreams. We didn't even know this place existed. So imagine you, we've had all these weird experiences of being in propaganda movies, of being asked to be in commercials just by walking into a store um, and so forth. And we do this thing on a lark because what else are you going to do with your time in the evening? Right. And we get invited to this party and we basically walk into a Shanghai mansion. Now that is a restaurant. Is, is a Shanghai mansion gorgeous and beautiful? It's, 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 it's exactly what you would think when you think of a Shanghai mansion turned into a restaurant. So I used to read a lot. I still do read a lot, but I used to read a lot of books about, um, you know, about like ships in the 1700s and stuff. And there was a term called being Shanghai where they would actually abduct people and then they would wake up and now they're seamen working as a crew aboard a ship. Right. That that Uh, does happen. (laughs) Right. 
And so it that, still that kind of happens. So whenever I think of that, I think of that, or I might think of the Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker movies, you know, Shanghai right, right. Nights and stuff. Um, and, and so, so I don't okay, know. Okay, so let me kind of explain the city of Shanghai for for everyone. Shanghai is not a typical Chinese city. It's nothing like Beijing. Like Beijing is all China, all the time. Right? Shanghai was was and is a port town. It's where China would meet the world. So the waterfront is the German district. It's where the foreigners lived. It was in Shanghai. So Shanghai is this interesting mix of Western and Eastern uh, architecture um, and culture, right? They had a swing band there in the 40s at this hotel that all the foreigners would go to. So out of all the cities in China, it's probably the most Westernized one going back, right? Um, because it was a port town. So the mansion was a proper mansion with proper Chinese elements and Western elements. And it was just absolutely gorgeous. And we were in a big, I don't parlor or big room. And um, we were being fed magnificent food. <laughs> just keep, I keep that thought. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to finish okay. this story up with Jen. Would you like to host your own radio show? Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. In business, many leaders have a great vision, but find their companies are lacking adequate execution. Transformative Experts with host Chris Elias takes you behind the scenes with real-life business leaders and transformative experts who can pinpoint why. Listen to learn how company culture drives execution to optimize results. How can you afford to miss it? Tune in live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you ever been interested in technology or the application? Technology is always changing and there is definitely a place for you in it. Listen for Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. Sharon and her guests teach you the skill set and present resources that help you incorporate and enhance technological know-how in your current career, as well as prepare you for future success. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. for tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. And now, back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. 
All right, so we're back with Jen. So Jen, you're in this mansion. It looks really nice. You're in a German port, or at least that's the part of the place where you're at, it's kind of known for. But at the same time, the Russians have been kicked out. So it's not like there's a ton of foreigners there, right. I imagine. So uh, we have about 15 minutes here. So tell us <laughs> tell us uh, a little bit more about how uh, we hear about the Jingle Bells. and. Sure, and so I'm, to recap, I had been in cast as an extra in a movie about the Song sisters who are like founding mothers of China, right? It's a big deal production. It stars some of the most famous actresses and actors in all of China. And they have invited us to a, a wrap-up party at the nicest place that you could go to in Shanghai, which is saying quite a bit because there's a lot of really nice places in Shanghai. And especially now, like 35 years later, it's, it's crazy how much it's built up. But at the time, this was the height of elegance. So we are in an elegant mansion that is serving us elegant food. They did not spare any expense for this party. And we are hanging out out of, I think all the extras, we're the only ones that were invited, right? Because we were Westerners. And we're eating this amazing food with some of the most famous actors and actresses in all of China, who we don't know for nothing because we've never seen their movies because we're in the West and don't have access to them. So that's where we are. And it was, it was crazy nice. It was crazy nice. And, you know, what was happening is once we ate this lovely meal, the actors and actresses, the Chinese started performing for one another. And when I say performing, they were uh, doing, one did some acrobatics. Um, some of them would sing, some of them would pantomime and do, they were actors. These are professional quality, <laughs> famous actors and they're performing for one another it, privately at this party. And then the, the woman who starred in the movie, who was the, the oldest of the Song Sisters, um, she starts singing Chinese opera and she's good. And I, I was trained as a professional singer. Like when I first moved to Florida, I was in an Andrew Sisters sound alike act. I professionally trained singer. So I'm listening to this woman and she is a really good singer. And we are listening to Chinese opera being sung in person, like, across the room from us and it's amazing and she finishes up and we all applaud because it was amazing you know one of these experiences like how did you find yourself in this room to begin with right and then she goes what have you sing <laughs> and everybody in my group all the westerners the french girl the call girl and you know me and this other guy um they all look at me <laughs> because they know I sing because I sing all the time. And I'm like, okay, my brain freezes. My, I like have a panic attack because I'm not anywhere close. I can't sing opera. <laughs> I couldn't sing opera if you wanted me to. And I panic a little bit. Like my brain kind of shuts off. And the only thing I can think about is jingle bells because ah, of the that, conversation I had had with that guy about every Chinese person knowing Jingle Bells. That's very interesting. So when, when I first heard this story, or not heard the story, but, you know, I'm one, one of these types that at, at the beginning of a story, I'm always trying to predict the end. You know, that's just right. how I am. And what's interesting is I was always assuming that somebody pulled you up on stage and started singing Jingle Bells. So no, the reality is you ended up using your knowledge that they all loved Jingle Bells 
So in a weird way, you don't know opera, but at the same time, you're going to try to belt out Jingle Bells. So what yeah, that's happened? That's exactly what happened. My brain went blank and what was filled, what it filled with was Jingle Bells of all things. So I, I just start singing Jingle Bells. <laughs> and what happens next is absolutely crazy. So all the white people around me, all, my, all the foreigners with me, freak out. I mean, they're they are giving me looks like how could, we're in a cultural friendship situation. Like, you know, it's not like diplomacy was on the line, but diplomacy was kind of on, the, that's what we were doing there, right? Is diplomacy, citizen diplomacy. And, you know, this opera singer says, one of you sing, they all look at me. I start singing Jingle Bells and all of my friends completely freak out. And they're trying to get me to stop because it's Jingle Bells and we're at this elegant restaurant listening to Chinese opera from a professional and I'm singing Jingle Bells. They're, my friends are completely freaking out. Yeah, they but here's the thing. They didn't know what you knew that absolutely right. everybody in China knows this This song. is the one Western song they all know. So in a weird way, you were a genius. You picked the song that actually made the most sense, even though right. to them it made no sense at all. Like so my, the Western friends didn't know what was going on, and they were they were just like the look of, of fear and horror on their eyes is something I will live with for the rest of my life. Right, because right. Because it was so, absolutely hysterical. But right. what the Chinese did, right? Are all the Chinese, the rest of the, the film crew and the the director and the actresses, they all are elated. Like you, they cannot hide the joy of what I'm doing. And they all start singing along. Yeah. You know, what, the, the, what, what's interesting is that not only did you pick the perfect song, but you actually picked the perfect song that they would have wanted you to sing because right. it's that song that shows the, how worldly they are. Right. And so in a weird way, the government couldn't have picked a better song, you know? <laughs> right. And so it wasn't until like, there's this pause, like I'm singing jingle bells. Jingle bells right? And my friends are like panicking and the Chinese are, it's dawning on them what I'm doing. The Chinese all, in unison, start singing along. They are overjoyed. They start singing along. And that's when it starts becoming okay for the rest of the Westerners to sing along too. And we ended up having a big party singing Jingle Bells at this super, super nice mansion <laughs> in Shanghai. You know what would have been hilarious? When you finish Jingle Bells, if maybe somebody does get into a more religious song and then all of a sudden everybody shuts them up, like, no, Joey, no, not that song, you know? <laughs> no, I think, I think among the Westerners there, we were all just relieved to get through it without a major faux pas. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Um, occasionally growing up, I've sung a song in school called O Tannenbaum, which is a German version. Oh, yeah, that's version, the German right? version, yeah. Of O Christmas of, Tree. Yeah. And so even though we don't know that we're speaking German necessarily, we're all speaking German when we're singing this song, right? I don't even remember more words than just the O Tannenbaum part, right. right? But you said that her English was pretty darn good for this song. Are Chinese people so acclimated to the song that they almost all speak perfect English while they're singing it? Oh, yeah. They all knew the song. They didn't. These people did not speak English. None of the people we were having dinner with spoke English. So the request for us to sing was done via pantomime. OK, so so but but either way there you would have never known by listening to their song that they didn't speak English. Right. Because they knew all the words, I'd imagine. 
Right. They knew all they they knew all the words to Jingle Bells. Yes. <laughs> but they didn't speak English. I don't think they know what the words mean. Right. They're they're mimicking. It's like us singing a BTS song <laughs> or something. Right. We don't know. We're just mimicking the sounds we're hearing. Right. So so the reality is, if you and I go to England or Italy or Spain and we meet somebody as as college or, or even high school students, right, as exchange students, we're probably going to have a relationship with our friends that we met for the rest of our lives. But in China, even if you and that famous singer became the best of friends, there wasn't really like a way to maintain friendships. So when you leave China, is it kind of like you're closing the door on a magical world that? Yeah, that's basically because at the time we didn't know if they were going to open, maintain being open or if they were going to close back up. I mean, this was like one year after they allowed foreigners in. Right. right? And China expands and contracts and expands and contracts. That's kind of their history, right? They, they want to be of the world, but they also don't want the world to corrupt the Chinese character. So they're always kind of opening up and then uh, reconstructing and then opening up. So we, I, A, there wasn't any way, like I didn't know this woman's name. I only knew she was like, I was told by the director who did speak some English that she was one of the most famous actresses in all of China. Yeah, you're with the Tom, the Tom Cruise of, of Chinese actresses. Right. So, so let me ask you this. Does going to a place like China for an extended period of time, because I'm assuming you're there for a couple of weeks or a couple of no, months. No, we were right? there for uh, two and a half months. Yeah, so quite a while. I'd imagine, does it make you appreciate uh, life in, in the States a little bit more when you return? Yes. The, things are... So, so in China, while we were there... Um, to ask people to work for, for you and to do something for you would have been ex considered exploitive, right? So all, all work had to be consensual, uh, except that we were not allowed to say no to being in propaganda movies. <laughs> right. um, but I remember if, if, if we walked in to a restaurant and someone didn't come to help us within a few minutes, it meant they weren't going to serve us right? They, they just weren't going to serve us. That's and really, that's really interesting because I saw on one of the YouTube videos that I watch, I'm kind of a YouTube junkie. It was a Chinese woman and her daughter who were fully Chinese. Um, well, I guess the, the daughter was, was part. Sorry, oh, sorry. yeah. Was that Chinese? Doobie, 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 doobie. Um, that's actually Hindi. Oh, okay. Hey, you That's are a, a woman, Hindi movie. and you are a woman of the world. Bollywood, Bollywood, going. So yeah, I uh, love Bollywood. So, so um, what I was going to say is the husband was American. He was not allowed to eat in the restaurant with the wife and child. They literally made him eat outside. Yeah, that wouldn't. And surprise and me. and I just thought to myself, that does not sound like a forward progressive country because we're talking not 1980s when you were there we're talking this was in 2019 right. uh, according to this video and it's just like you know to me that seems really like a backwards country but well, but with but with that being said they've taken great strides like now if you go to china they have kfcs they have mcdonald's huh. is there a piece of you that would like to before you know the end of your days to maybe take another trip to china i would love to go back to china i had the great the chinese people are amazing. They're wonderful. They're open. They're loving. They're interesting. There's, you know, there's some of the smartest people in the world have been Chinese people, right? And I'm not just saying like, like what we Westerners think, like there's people that circumnavigated the globe in trade 
you know, in the 1400s um, that were just astonishing. So overall, like, I think anywhere you go, you know, you will encounter good people and not so good people, right? And that's true for everybody in every culture in every place. And China is overwhelmingly really nice people. Yeah, that's one of my fears with world travel is I would hate to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, you know, walk into somebody's house and not take your shoes off or something. And you kind of, you know, it's considered offensive in certain cultures. I don't even oh, know. People like welcomed us in our home. One of our friends was actually there. Um, she's actually from my she's from my same high school. So I met a woman from my high school at a different time in Shanghai and she was a volleyball coach and she was living with a Chinese family and they invited me over to, you know, eat with them and see what their house was like. And everybody was just super gracious. Like our, our postman invited us out to dinner at a really nice restaurant we would have never known about had he not taken us. People were really, really nice. So you're allowed to go back because they like having, you know, foreigners come and experience the culture under certain conditions. They probably still don't want you taking certain pictures, I'm sure. But the missionaries, correct me if I'm wrong, they're probably no longer allowed in there because don't they have problems with Christian and- We did not keep up with those, with the missionaries in our group. (laughs) Those boring missionaries, they're not even allowed to go to the zoo. So tell me, tell me about the zoo. Were you able to see some unique animals that maybe you don't get to see in Americanized zoos? No, there was, you know, pandas, they had pandas, Um, which weren't very common in the U.S. at the time. Uh, But, you know, deer was just normal uh, Chinese animals. I don't, it was a zoo. Right. It wasn't that special of a zoo. It was just a zoo, you know. Now, let me ask you this, because you're, you're eating breaded chicken bones. Yeah. Where, even, though, even though none of the food grossed you out, everything you had was good. Did you, yeah. get, did you get a chance to see any of these markets that they've been showing us over the last couple of years where they've just got endless supply of animals that are kind of together and, you know, freshly sold? Did you see um, any, did you see any meat markets or food markets? Yeah, I'm sure I did. I mean, you know, there were, there were different currencies. Like if you wanted dairy, you had to have dairy currency. If you wanted wheat, you had to have wheat currency. Um, if you wanted meat, I think regular meat currency was the thing. Um, you know, everything was really, really good. Shanghai, by the way, if you ever go to Shanghai, they have something called the Shanghai sweet and sour whole fish. And it's this whole fish and they bread the whole thing. And it is so, so good. That's one. I, there's several things that I miss. Uh, cold noodles, um, the sweet and sour whole fish, and fried bounce. <laughs> right. From the guy on the corner who just fried it up in a wok for me. I wonder if the smells are still strong because you said, hey, one fire is no big deal. It might even smell pleasant. But when you have hundreds of thousands of people in a concentrated area with their own little burning fires, I wonder if it's still like that or if it's kind of upgraded. And I'm sure it's I'm sure Shanghai is upgraded. Yeah. I mean, I look at pictures of Shanghai now and I'm like, whoa, it's a modern city. They have modern high rises. (laughs) They have, you know, they've they've upgraded the transportation system like to get around Shanghai when I was there. We had to take a bus. There was no subway system. There was no rail system. I mean, there was a rail system, but the rail system would take you to another city, right? Um, it was bus. I really like it. was clean. I, like, I don't want to make it seem like it wasn't clean. China, Chinese people are, are very fastidious. Everything was clean. We had no, it wasn't like, 
you know, it, it, if you've ever been to a third world country where there's a lot of smoke fires going on, that's what it smelled like. But it wasn't unclean. It was very, very clean. We never, we never got sick. We, we were there for two and a half months. Never oh, got sick. Th- that's interesting. Did you drink the water? Uh, bottled water, I think. Oh, okay. But no, bottled, we never got okay. sick. I mean, and we, we ate some questionable, <laughs> we ate some questionable things. Right? Like, uh, we got obsessed with, with ice cream because, um, sometimes they wouldn't put sugar in it. It was horrible. So, <laughs> um, but sometimes it was really good. So we would stop in places and someone would, it, it was summer. Like, let me remind you, it was summer and it was hot. So anytime we could get something that was cold, we jumped on it. And one time we got, um, tea popsicles that someone was selling at the side of the road <laughs> hey you can you can laugh at that but that sounds pleasant to me i love sweet tea and stuff was right it- but you know we don't know what you water there were using and anything like that oh, i mean it's, it's questionable right you're in a foreign country you don't know right. what sanitation is like we never got sick we did things like that never got sick people it was clean it was clean. Jen, I think even if I were a high up in the Chinese government, I would say that you did a fantastic job of showing how wonderful a place China was even back in the day. So yeah, I wanna- and I would I know they have the, the issues with the Uyghurs right now, but I would go back in a heartbeat. I absolutely would. I, I'm a firm believer in people getting to know one another on a one on one basis. And everybody we met. I mean, I had crazy experiences like, you know, in Xi'an, some girl met me and took me to an arcade and then some boys helped me get into the pagoda. And then I met up with the girl again and we had Baotzi, right? And I don't know their names. We, she didn't speak English and my Chinese was barely enough to get by. So it was all lovely. Jen, you've been lovely. Thank you for being a guest on Jesse Jameson and Friends. And uh, I hope everybody out there listening, if you're thinking about taking a trip to China, uh, especially if everything is well politically speaking between the U.S. and China, definitely check it out because uh, I know nowadays when they show the waterways, there's a lot of lights on the buildings and it looks like an absolutely stunning place to visit. So with that being said, we'll see you all next week. Thank you for, uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Jesse Jameson and Friends. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Be sure to tune in again next week for another great story. Jesse Jameson and Friends is heard every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Jesse Jameson and Friends is a proud presentation of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. All rights reserved.